Hi everybody, I'm the Woodmother and this is Woodmother's Workshop, my low budget, low effort, low quality practice podcast that I am using as a method to learn the ropes of podcasting because I am writing a story that I hope to turn into, you know, a fully fledged audio drama, but I don't really know how to run a podcast, so I figured I'd start a throwaway podcast to teach myself how to do it. Right now, I am sitting in exactly the same spot that I always sit when I read out loud on TikTok Live. Pretty much exactly the same setup. I've just got my headphones in. I've even got Athena sitting on my lap. And over the course of the next few episodes, I'm going to try different spots in my house uh, and different setups to see if that makes a difference with the audio quality. There's a closet in my bedroom, and I'm pretty sure that if I sit in there when I record, it'll decrease a lot of the background noises, but I don't know how how uncomfortable it'll be. And I could also try my living room or my dining room, but then I'll have the other cat, Angus, to contend with. And he's a very loud and very beefy boy. And I'm afraid he might try to knock me over with his enthusiasm when he hears me talking and it's not directed at him. But all that aside, I wanted to use this first episode of, you know, this practice podcast to tell you all about the story I'm working on. Because I've made a lot of TikToks about it so far, um, but unfortunately TikTok isn't very searchable. So I can tell people, oh, you know, search through the Jazz Age Atlanta hashtag to learn more about my story. But uh, a lot of the progress and updates that I've posted are a bit scattered. And so if somebody wanted to find out, you know, a sort of comprehensive summary of what I've been working on so far, it would be really hard to do that over TikTok. And I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, I have not announced the title for the podcast yet on TikTok. And so I'm using this uh, this episode to do that. Uh, it'll probably be the title of this episode, so I guess that's a clue. But the title of my story is Gate City Blues. It's about a mixed, black, queer, non-binary woman named Cora Walker, or Cora Golden, depending on who you ask. She grew up on the vaudeville circuit as the daughter of a famous white magician and one of his black employees, but after her father's behavior became increasingly more erratic, she left that life behind to go to school in New York and became fully immersed in the Harlem Renaissance. She studied to be an anthropologist, just like her colleague Zora Neale Hurston, and in the fall of 1928, she comes down south to Atlanta, the Gate City, in order to collect stories from the black community. But when she discovers that eccentric millionaire Asa Candler Jr., son of the Coca-Cola baron Asa Griggs Candler, belonged to the same magician's secret society as her father, she dons her father's old top hat and tailcoat and begins posing as a white man and performing as a magician in order to infiltrate Candler's inner circle so that she can try to solve some of the mystery surrounding her father's death and the madness he seemed to suffer in his final years but she finds that her father's near supernatural skill at magic comes with a price, and she begins to feel haunted by the presence of his lucky card, the Jack of Diamonds, who's part chaos demon, part generational curse, and part hallucination induced by childhood trauma. 
Ultimately, it's a story about whether we can ever fully escape our parents' demons and about how trauma alters our sense of reality. It changes how we see the world, how the world sees us, and how we see ourselves. But it's also a story about the performance of identity and existing as an anomaly in a world built on binary systems like gender and racial segregation. She is both and neither male and female, black and white, and that comes with privileges and challenges as she tries to find her place in the world. It's a pretty ambitious project. Uh, it would be an ambitious project even if it wasn't historical fiction, uh, but it is, so it requires a lot of research, and that's the main reason why I'm really taking my time in writing and producing it, because I really want to make sure I do the story justice. So I figure I should explain a little bit of the background of how I, how I came to this idea. It all started when I was in high school, actually. Uh, if you've been following me on TikTok for a while, you might be aware that I originally had an idea for a completely different story. Um, it was going to be a portal fantasy story set in a sort of mythologized version of uh, the Blue Ridge Mountains or Southern Appalachia. And the magic system would be based in folk music. Uh, I had this idea for a story um, after, I think, my junior year of high school. I took a mythology class and we read the book uh, Summerland by Michael Shaben, which was a portal fantasy that was very heavily rooted in the imagery of like Americana. You know, there was baseball and Bigfoot and the sort of aesthetics of the great American road trip. And I was really enamored with that. And I wanted to write a story like that for my region, which is the South. Um, but at the same time, in that same year for that same mythology class, we watched Oh Brother, Where Art Thou?, which was a retelling of the Odyssey by Homer set in Depression-era Mississippi. And the aesthetics of that had a really big influence on that Piedmont Blues story. Um, so that story uh, had sort of fallen by the wayside, gone to the back of my mind for the past couple of years, and I started posting about it a little bit when I first joined TikTok, maybe in September or October. Um, and I got a lot of really great response. I got uh, a lot of support and I met a lot of people via TikTok and Discord who live in Appalachia, who study folk music. And I came... I came to the conclusion that before I jumped into writing that story, I wanted to develop an RPG that was set in that magical Appalachia, and I wanted to figure out how to use the folk music as magic. And the more I researched, the more I found out just how big of an impact the city of Atlanta had on music history. Atlanta was home to WSB, which was one of, if not the first, radio station in all of the South. And it brought 
a lot of musicians from all over to record for the radio and some recording companies from up in New York set up little offices in Atlanta, um, like little miniature record studios to record people um, onto vinyl. And, you know, we think of Nashville being the country music capital of the country, but prior to that, it was Atlanta. And for that original story, the Piedmont Blues story, it the intention was for it to be a lot more rural, a lot more of the sort of traditional fantasy setting, like they're going through a long trek through the wilderness, through towns and villages. But I wanted, I wanted to sort of represent how big of an impact that Atlanta had on the music industry, but taking a sort of detour to the city of Atlanta, especially around that time that the music industry was really blowing up in the 20s and 30s, that wouldn't have really fit the plot of my original Piedmont Blue story, and it wouldn't have fit really the path or trajectory of their journey. And so it occurred to me, why don't I just write a separate story set in Atlanta right at the, at the height of that big radio boom? And then that's how I got the idea for Gate City Blues, for its own distinct story that I still intend for it and the Piedmont Blues story to sort of exist in the same continuity. Gate City Blues isn't, you know, a portal fantasy, but it does have some fantastical elements and I want it and the other story to be able to tie together. And doing the research for the Gate City Blues story has really taught me a lot not just about the music of the jazz age, but of American music history in general, so that when it comes time for me to finally write that Piedmont Blues story, I feel like I'll be a lot better equipped. You know, I didn't really feel qualified, almost, to write that folk music magic before, but now, using this story that's about an anthropologist who goes specifically to learn about musicians and entertainers has given me a lens through which I can develop a lot better understanding of the music of the era and how it tied into American history in general. So as, as I started to research music history, I imagined you know, what it would be like to be interviewing those people directly. People like Ma Rainey and Bessie Smith who were uh, both really big uh, female blues singers, and they were both from Georgia. And I imagined someone kind of like Zora Neale Hurston, who was a folklorist and anthropologist during the Harlem Renaissance, who studied black uh, folklore and traditions and uh, spiritual practices uh, in the late 20s, and wrote several works of fiction, the most famous of which is Their Eyes Were Watching God. I actually first thought, what if I wrote a series of short stories about Zora Neale Hurston herself coming to Atlanta and doing her folklore research? But the more I brainstormed, the more I realized that I wanted this character to be based on the, primarily off of myself. Um, she was very heavily influenced by the work of Zora Neale Hurston, and I wanted to be able to sort of have a dialogue with Zora Neale Hurston within the text while keeping the character distinct. And that's how I came up with the idea of having a character who was 
a colleague of Zora Neale Hurston, maybe in the same program at school, and they have the same patron as well, Charlotte Osgood Mason, who was paying their way to do their research in the South. And so the format of the story, you know, collecting folklore and stories and tall tales from individuals in a community was very, very heavily influenced by Zora's work, as well as uh, the Magnus Archives, which I started listening to around the same time that I first got the idea for this story. For the more fantastical element, that actually has interesting origins. Um, a few years ago, I saw some friends perform at the Atlanta Fringe Festival. Um, it was Katie Osaurus, actually. She performed with a sort of macabre, Victorian-themed circus troupe called Phantasmagoria, which, uh, if you follow Katie Osaurus, will come as absolutely no surprise to you. Um, and seeing her and some other friends perform there inspired me to think, uh, if I were to write a play or a production for the Atlanta Fringe Festival, what was the kind of thing I would write about? And I got the idea to write about someone who was the daughter of a magician and feels conflicted about following in her father's footsteps and starts to hallucinate uh, his lucky card coming to life, the Jack of Diamonds. And that was based almost entirely in my experiences of growing up with a father who had narcissistic tendencies but was also really into magic. So I have some very bizarre and very niche magic-themed childhood trauma. And the more that I was brainstorming for this Gate City Blues story, I realized I could combine those two concepts together um, and write a character who was a folklorist by day and a magician by night. When I was first coming up with, with this project, I originally intended to write it as a book. Well, originally, originally, I thought I could do a series of short stories that would sort of help me get some practice in fiction writing so that I could build up my skills before I jumped into my uh, Piedmont Blues fantasy story. Sort of just like what I'm doing with this podcast. I wanted to ease a little bit of the pressure off myself by just getting some more practice under my belt because I didn't really feel comfortable taking on such a big project. And I, I thought I could write some stories and, you know, maybe publish them in like little pamphlets or zines for my Patreon followers. Ever since the very beginning, it was always the intention for this story to be told sequentially. But I realized that a podcast would really be the ideal form for it, especially because this character is going to be interviewing musicians and performers, and I think the audio element really lends itself to the story and makes it a bit more meaningful and might give it a little bit more life. Um, but we come all the way back around to the fact that I'm not super experienced with podcasting. So that has been a little bit of a struggle. It's a very different process writing a story that is meant to be a book versus writing a story that's intended to be a series of scripts that will be released essentially one chapter at a time. There's 
not the same level of planning in advance or that's not necessarily accurate but if you're writing like a full novel that's going to be released as a finished product you know when you get to the end of the story you can always circle back around to the beginning and adjust things or change things to make sure that whatever happens in the end has been foreshadowed properly or make sure all the loose ends tie together neatly and when you release something sequentially when the audience has access to those earlier chapters before the final chapter is written then you don't have that same ability to go back and change things in order to fit whatever ending you come to. Um, So that has been a really unique challenge that I haven't really had to work around before. But it has sort of pushed me out of my comfort zone because I'm the sort of person that doesn't want anybody to see my works in progress. I'm very protective of my unfinished projects. You know, I think everybody gets a little bit embarrassed when they're not ready to show something to the world. So the idea of releasing this story one chapter at a time was a a big challenge, but part of me feels like this is the only way that the story will ever get told because if I say, oh, I'm just going to write a novel, then what'll happen is without that accountability of knowing that people are waiting for the next chapter, it'll, you know, it'll be just like my Piedmont Blues story where I have this really good idea and it never really goes anywhere because I don't have that drive, that pressure to keep making it. Um, And by releasing it sequentially, I sort of force myself to keep going. And even though I'm currently doing a lot of prep work and research now, I'm still intending to more or less write the story as I go. I don't have it 100% planned out as we speak. Um, I have the structure of the story. I have a pretty good idea of where it's going, but I want to let the story grow and flow organically. I think of other story podcasts that I really love, like The Adventure Zone. You know, so much of the magic from The Adventure Zone comes from the fact that nobody involved knew exactly what it was going to become when they first started. They let it grow on its own, and I think that is some of the magic that I'm trying to capture. But all of that means that I have to learn how to make a podcast. Uh, I have to learn how to edit audio. I have to learn how to market myself properly, and that's something that I have had some trouble with in the past because... Uh, I'm not always the most consistent, I don't have the best memory, but I want to do better. I want to create something that feels professional and that I'm proud of. And hopefully by the time I feel confident in my podcast abilities, I will have reached the point in my research where I'll feel ready to jump in and tell the story instead of just talking about the story. So, uh, what can you expect from this Wood Mothers Workshop podcast going forward? Uh, Well, there are a lot of books that I've been reading uh, to research for my story. Right now, I'm currently reading a book called Highbrows, Hillbillies, and Hellfire, which is a history of public entertainment in Atlanta between 1880 and 1930. I'm also reading The History of White People by Nell Irvin Painter which is a sort of anthropological study of the history of the concept of whiteness all the way from 
the Greeks and Scythians through to uh, present-day white American culture. I'm also doing a lot of research into Atlanta in the 1920s. I just traveled to Auburn Avenue in downtown Atlanta the other day in order to really get a feel for the area of the city that my character will be living in um, and take a look at all those old buildings and really get a feel for the life of the city. And I'll be telling you guys so much about all of that research. I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. I also will be sharing with you some of the uh, newspaper content that I've been researching from the Atlanta Daily World, which is the oldest uh, black daily newspaper in America. It started in 1928, which is the same year that my story takes place, but the earliest... Uh, the earliest archives that are available are from 1931. So it's not exactly what would have been going on when my story takes place, but it's pretty close. Um, specifically, I'm very excited to share with you guys about Lucius Jones, the gossip columnist who ran uh, the column Society Slants, that I think is going to be the absolute best way for me to really get a feel for the community. So I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm also really excited for my podcasting ability to incrementally get better. I have already learned more in these past 20 or so minutes from talking into my phone than I realized I would. For example, I have noticed how often I say, um, that's probably something that I need to work on. Uh, I have also noticed just how loud my furnace is <laughs> that audio will probably will probably not be optimal but I'm learning I'm learning this is still early days so forgive me for the subpar quality but I can't wait to get better uh, and with that I I think I'll wrap it up uh, thank you guys for all your support uh, thank you for how much love you have shown to this story project, Gate City Blues, and thank you especially to my Patreon patrons. I definitely would not be doing this if it weren't for you guys. All right, uh, I don't really have an outro. That's not something that I thought of beforehand, so I guess I'll just say see you next time. All right, bye-bye.